Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. You likely have heard that a great number of marriages in America, and as a matter of fact, it's increasing around the world, are affected by extramarital affairs. And if indeed in those marriages there are children, then those children are affected by those affairs as well, even if the parents don't wind up divorcing each other. How do I know? Because I've been there. In addition to that, I also have read tons of research on it. Good evening. My name is Dr. Joe Beam. I am here with the Dr. Joe Show. It is Marriage Radio. And I'm going to be telling you about a few things in a few minutes. And then if you have had that happen to you, if your parents, either one of them, had an affair, or if your parents divorced. Now, by the way, that first part, even if your parents had an affair and stayed together, and you're willing to share with the world what you would like to say to parents. Now, this affair might have happened when you were a young child at home. It may have happened when you were a teenager at home. It may have happened when you were in college, or it may even have happened when you were already an adult and out on your own. But if an affair by either of your parents affected you, or divorce by your parents affected you, then we'd like people to hear that. Because you see, in addition to what I'm going to be sharing from research today, and not just from research, but also from my own personal experience, I want to be able to add to that, talking to real people about real situations that they have gone through. And so our telephone number is 646-378-0424. That is 646-378-0424. And if you call that number and want to speak, then you need, when you hear that opening menu, to press the number one. Otherwise, I won't know because many people call and just listen. But it'll signal me that you want to talk to me if indeed you press that number one. So do you understand that we're asking you tonight for this program, rather than calling in and asking relationship questions, which is usually our format, I'm asking instead that you only call and talk to me if you're, either of your parents has had an affair or if they divorced. So please, if you have already gotten in line to talk to me and that's not the situation, I ask that you um, hang up and call back and don't press the number one the second time because that's what I really want to do is to talk to the people to help me understand this in the sense of helping explain it, I guess I should say better. Now, first of all, let me tell you about my own experience and then I'm going to tell you about the research, okay? My wife and I divorced back in the mid-1980s. Actually, it was a little earlier than that, 1984. I guess you could call that mid-1980s. And I left her. I left her for another person because I had become convinced that my marriage was not good and that I could be a good father every other weekend and that I would be happily ever after with the other person that I was leaving my wife for. Now, we were divorced. For some three years. We divorced in 1984. We remarried in 1987. And it took some time to be able to put that marriage back together in a good way because we still had a lot of problems we needed to solve when we got back together. My daughters were very happy to have me back as well as my wife. As a matter of fact, symbolically, rather than marrying on the same day we had for the first marriage, which was June 7th, 
And the second marriage, we married on June 14th. First of all, because my wife didn't want to marry on the same day as before. And secondly, it gave us a symbolic way to do this. On June 7th, Alice and I celebrate our marriage to each other. On June 14th, Alice and the girls and I celebrate all of our marriage to each other because that was the day we married each other. If you decide to go ever and look up this, and as a matter of fact, it might not be a good idea if you do because you're liable to find some ridiculous information on websites. But if you're, in, if you're actually interested in seeing genuine research on the matter, then go to genuinely good websites of where people are not just speculating or giving their ideas, but actually you can see good research like PubMed, things like that. You can look up a thing called attachment styles and attachment styles. I came up with a theory by a guy named Bowles back years ago who was studying children, particularly young children. But after a while, it began to, we began to see that not just Bowles, but others who researched it. And even people like me who teach it, we began to see that, the effect of what he studied is not just on small children, such as infants, but on any kind of a child at home and will even affect you into your adult relationships. You say, what are you talking about? I'm not going to explain attachment theory in great detail. I'm going to explain how it affected my children because of what I did. And then I'm going to share the research with you about what's being found about all kinds of other people, because if it were just my experience, then it might be an anomaly. But it's not just my experience. Therefore, if you are on the edge of an affair and about to start it, I want you to please listen carefully about how it will affect your kids. Or if you already are in an affair and thinking about continuing it, please listen to this message about how it will affect your children. Or if you are deciding that you're going to divorce your wife or your husband because you want to be with somebody else, please listen to everything we have to say before you make the decision. Because you see, you may be thinking, well, it's actually best for the kids, and kids are resilient. They'll get over it. But the research, the research is ample that indicates that's just not the case. As a matter of fact, it's quite to the contrary. We know the kind of things that happens to kids. And if you're thinking, well, okay, but I'm having an affair, but, but my children don't know, therefore it will not affect them. Well, let me talk about me, and then let me answer that question about that, will it? When Alice and I remarried, understand that we only had two daughters when we divorced, and they were ages 13 and 6. Three years later, we remarried. Therefore, they were 16 and 9. Our oldest daughter, Angel, is mentally handicapped, and it's hard to gauge how it affected her because of the fact that she doesn't operate like everybody else does in the world. But my younger daughter, Joanna, saw some of the results on her, where that when I got back, she would be very much afraid anytime I were leaving town. If I were uh, to be off to speak to some corporation or something, which I was doing back in those days, she would cry inordinately when I left. And I didn't want to ask because, well, I knew the answer. But finally, I had to. Honey, you know that airplanes are safe. I'll be back and, and everything's going to be fine. And, and she basically said, really? Are you really coming back? Because it was a time in her life when I left when I did not. And it had an effect on her. It affected her schoolwork. It affected her relationship with other people. As a matter of fact, it brought her some degree of humiliation. It really did. I, she may not even remember that because she was so young, but I remember it very well. I had come back for one of my visits every other weekend with my children. And, and Joanna was telling me that uh, she and Angel were in a daycare program at 
some place like a YMCA or something. I'm not sure exactly what it was, but they were in a daycare program. And, and one of the people that summer in that daycare program was a college student. As a matter of fact, she was a cheerleader at the University of Alabama. I remember that because, because it intrigued Joanna that she was. And, and Joanna wanted me to hear what that young lady was telling her when she would go to that daycare. She said, you, she said that this, this college student would tell her, well, you know your parents are divorced. Don't you know that? And things like that, like Joanna didn't know. But she was humiliated by it. And you can understand that because of the fact that, you know, people knew her dad and her friends knew who I was and knew that I had left my wife and knew that I had been caught having an affair before I left my wife. You can imagine all the different things that people her age were telling her, the various ways that people who are adults around her were treating her. It's actually humiliating to them. But more than that, a child, when he or she realizes that a parent a father or mother is having an affair, is being unfaithful to the other parent. They don't just see you as cheating on the other parent. They see you cheating on them. You say, why? Well, because their very security is threatened. I mean, it's well known. I mean, talk about for years and years and years that one of the greatest fears that a child has is losing a parent. And so when they realize that you are involved with somebody else, therefore their security is jeopardized because, wow, the fact that you're even involved with somebody else scares them to death. It's like, how in the world? I mean, you're going to leave us. You're going to go be with somebody else. And they begin to feel that, that their trust is broken. You haven't just lied to mom. You haven't just lied to dad. You, you've basically been lying to us because you're supposed to be our father, our mother, our, our parent married to our other parent. And, and all this time, now we find out that you, well, not all this time, but we have now finally found out that you're involved with somebody else. And so they don't know who to believe. And so I've heard people say things like, well, when I became a teenager and, and finally I started dating, anything my boyfriend told me, the first thing I thought to myself was, I bet that's a lie. As a matter of fact, I, I need to know where he is. I need to know where he's going. I need to know what he's doing. As a matter of fact, it's not unusual at all. As a matter of fact, extremely common that if you have an affair, your children, when they grow up particularly, are going to become what in the attachment theory is called preoccupied. You say, well, what does that mean? It means rather than feeling secure in their relationship with the person that they date or secure in the relationship with the person they end up marrying, if they marry, They'll be worried. And why will they be worried? Because that's what they learned as a child, that, that, you know, when you think everything's safe and you think my parent's going to be here, you think the other person's going to be here, and then you find out that he or she actually is being unfaithful, not to be trusted, they become preoccupied, which leads them sometimes to, to overly, overly push their spouses for assurance that they're loved. I need to know that you love me. I need to know that you're going to be here. They can become extremely jealous, questioning everything their spouse does, everything their spouse says. You understand that it can really cause them great misery in their other relationships that come on later in life because they'll be afraid that their boyfriend or girlfriend, when they go through the teen years, their spouse, when they get married, they're going to be afraid that they're going to be unfaithful because that's what they experienced at a very crucial time in their lives. And for some, for some, the fear becomes so strong, they don't even have loving relationships. Well, 
let me phrase it a little differently. They may have absolutely no relationships because they become so afraid they pull away from everybody. It's what's called dismissing avoid, uh, avoided. I, I avoid it. I'm not saying that correctly. Dismissing avoided. I don't want anybody. I don't need anybody. I can take care of myself. They get to the point where they actually think, because I know people will leave me, then I don't want to count on them. I, I don't want to have a good, close relationship with them because I fully expect it to occur. And so some of them then will never have relationships or get into a relationship and it won't last long because they'll push the other person away either by demanding so much assurance that you're going to be here for me or by having such an expectation that they won't, that they literally push the other person away. I, I, I'm thinking of a woman right now I know that's in the 50-ish age range right now that since she was a teenager has had one relationship after another, after another, after another, after another. She's not married to any of them, and it appears she never will. And it all goes back to what happened when she was a kid. Now, if you're thinking, but, but my child will never know. If there's anybody in your world that finds out about it, even if you solve the problems, even if you save the marriage, if there's anybody in your world that finds out about it, don't you know how people love to gossip? Don't you know how people love to share information all around and tell all kinds of things, even, even when they pretend to do it secretly? Now, you know, you really shouldn't tell anybody, but, you know, I trust you, and so therefore you need to know. You know what Joe did? And those words get around. And believe me, kids are a lot more perceptive than you think they are. Little ears, and not just the little ears, teenagers as well, little ears hear a lot of things you don't think they hear. And so if you have any discussion with your spouse about it at all, even though you think it's the middle of the night, the doors are closed, they're all sound asleep, and there's no way they could hear, or you're way out in the end of the backyard, and there's no way the kids can hear, how many things in your life have you already discovered that you thought your kids had no way of knowing, but they did overhear it somewhere, somehow, from somebody? It's almost impossible to keep it a secret, and particularly impossible if other people find out about it. Oh, and in this day and time? I'm telling you that a lot of people who come to our workshop for marriages in crisis, the affair was not discovered by the spouse. The affair was discovered by a teenage child. Now, I realize that sounds like an oxymoron to say teenager and child in the same sentence, but you understand what I'm saying. A teenager a son or a daughter, because look how good these kids are with all kinds of electronic things. And it's not necessarily because of the fact that they're snooping. They're just good at playing with things, picking up things, figuring out things. And so you happen to leave your phone there and you think everything's fine. Everything's copacetic. Nobody can discover it. And the next thing you know, your, your 12 year old kid is, is playing on there looking for a particular kind of game. And all of a sudden is right there seeing the information right in front of him or, or, even the smallest child, the smallest child, when they begin to sense that you're not there for them, which, by the way, probably will not be, even if you think you are, if you're emotionally involved with somebody other than that child's other parent. And so I'm quite sure I thought I was there a lot for Joanna and Angel when I got involved in my affair all those many years ago. But I'll guarantee you, based on what I've seen with so many other people, that it had to be true with me, too, that my emotional focus was so much someplace other than in my home that even though I loved my children, I couldn't have been there emotionally for them. And as I watch it happening today, I see it. And we hear it all the time. How the kids are like 
what's the matter? Why don't you spend time with me? Or, or as I heard Joanna say once, Dan, why don't you love mom? Because they pick up on things. They read it. Oh, and if a teenager suspects you're having an affair, if they suspect that you are not being faithful to your spouse, their other parent, sometimes these kids don't accidentally get the proof that you're having an affair. Sometimes they're the ones who are looking for it because they just know something's wrong. They're scared to death the marriage is going to end. And they're also ticked off. They're so angry because thinking, how could you do that to mom? How could you do that to dad? How could you do that to us? And in their anger, they'll go checking on you. And it may be by looking into your electronics. It may be that they're the ones, if they're old enough to drive, that follow you. And so, again, as I said earlier, so many people have come to our workshop when the affair was discovered, not by the spouse, but by one of the kids, particularly teenagers. Oh, and and then think about what message you've given them about morality. Because if you have taught them a system of beliefs and values where people should tell the truth, where people should keep their word, where, should, where people should be true to their spouses, where people should have the integrity of doing the right thing, all those kinds of things, and then you leave? Or, even if you haven't left, if you're there and they discover that you're having an affair, which is in contradiction to what you've taught them, you think they can mess up their own beliefs and values? It can either, on one hand, strengthen it, in which case they are going to be even more angry at you and want nothing to do with you. Actually, will push you away, and I have seen them well into their 20s and 30s and still won't have anything to do with their parents because they're so disappointed with what dad did or what mom did. Or... They go just the opposite. You so affect their belief and value system that they come to think it doesn't matter. I mean, it really doesn't matter. I'm, I read some research just not long ago, as a matter of fact, pretty recent research that was talking about the fact that, you know, and I'm going to move a little bit further just from affairs into a, a divorce. Oh, and by the way, by the way, let me just say right now, if you have had an affair and it's over and you're trying to make your marriage work and you feel that for the last 15 minutes I've been beating you up. I will talk about in just a few minutes how you can, if you solve the problem and if you solidify your family, if you save your marriage and if you're there for your kids, I'm going to be talking about how you can help, help them heal from this. But please understand, it will be a healing process because what you have done what you have done has caused hurt and pain that will need healing. And if you're going to heal it, the best way to heal it, surely you see, is to be there, is to be there for your children, to solve the problems, to save the marriage, to make it good again. Not just get back together to be together, but make it good again. Make the entire family good again. And that can be done. And so in that recent research I read not long ago, he was talking about divorce, divorce itself. And it was saying that, that some researchers have said that it's not really the divorce that causes kids, that really what happens, that it's the, uh, the animosity, the, the way they didn't get along with each other, and the relationship itself that really you know, caused the kids, and that the divorce really didn't have an effect one way or another. And so some researchers got to thinking, really? Is that right? Maybe we need to look at this a little bit differently. And so they started examining and found 
and found that it's not just the relationship between mom and dad, good, bad, or indifferent, that can affect kids, but the divorce itself will. And they found out things like this, that it's much more likely that the kids who have the divorce situation will actually have poorer physical health than the children who are staying intact families. They tend to have persistent problems with fears of betrayal, fears of abandonment, like we've been talking about so far. They, they tend to have increased anxiety in their late teens and even in their early 20s. They tend to also have resentment and anger. And believe it or not, they tend to have low life satisfaction. And so often, because of the fact that mom or dad didn't live up to the beliefs and values about marriage and family and loyalty and trust, they are more likely to participate in sexual intercourse earlier, and they have a reduced ability to develop and maintain relationships. And, and by the way, a greater likelihood to participate in things that are illegal or rebellious and much more likely to go through a divorce themselves. I cannot tell you the number of people who have been through our workshops who say, I'm, I told myself after my parents did what they did, or my dad what he did it, or my mom did what she did, I told myself that would never happen in my marriage. It would never happen, that, that my kids will never have to go through. And they're telling me then in the context of they are the very one who is wanting out of the marriage or who has had the affair. And I hear it all the time, just the other day. You know, my husband's having an extramarital affair, and I wonder if it has something to do with his dad, she said, because he was regularly unfaithful to mom. As a matter of fact, when we married, he talked about all the pain and hurt he had from what his dad had done. And now, now that we have children who are about the same age as he was when he first found out his dad was cheating, he's doing the very same thing. And when I reminded him of how much hurt he told me about, that he suffered from his own father's actions, he blew it off like it didn't happen and said, kids are resilient, they'll be fine, they'll get over it, it won't affect our kids. Think about it this way. What has happened is the fact that this guy in this particular situation has become so enamored of whatever he's involved in with this other person that he's not only rewritten history about his wife to allow him to have the extramarital affair, but he's rewritten history about his own childhood and his own pain. So that the pain that he used to admit that he had, he doesn't feel anymore. And not only that, he's denying that his own children feel it, even when they're demonstrating it. There's a, a lady by the name of Jean Duncombe. She's a sociologist, and she's conducted extensive research on this subject. I'm going to quote her. I'm, I'm reading from a direct quote from her. She says, I'm puritanical when someone tells me they're having an affair. Because of the work we've done on the impact of divorce on children, if people say to me that the children don't know, I say, are you sure? Or think about what you're doing to the children. And I never would have said that 20 years ago, she said. For parents who have affairs are not only lying to their partners, they're often deceiving themselves about the impact of their infidelity, about the impact their infidelity can have on their own offspring. 
And believe it or not, they've even done study about how it affects children based on how old the kids are. Like, for example, if they're under five and parents absorbed by an affair, no amount of pretense can disguise the fact that they have less emotional energy for their children. That's one thing found by research. If they're age five to 10, so the kids now over the age of five, children are more likely to think that they have caused their parents difficulties themselves. And if they're between the ages of 11 and 18, and you understand, I'm just hitting the highlights here. Between the ages of uh, 11 and 18, you understand that, that for, for a start, teenagers are more likely to discover an infidelity. They've already talked about that. Not least of all, because they're so adept at finding incriminating evidence on mobile phones and computers. And when they do suspect or discover something, they often don't, they often don't know where to turn. You know, they're developing their own sense of identity. They're, they're trying to figure out what love is all about. And they can be idealistic. They can be highly moral and sensitive to hypocrisy. This is from the research. So when they find out one parent has been unfaithful, they're quick to see the betrayer as a liar and a cheat. And that's what the research has to say. So please, if you're listening, and if you're in an affair, contemplating an affair, thinking about divorcing your spouse, I beg of you to hear what I'm saying and to tell you the research is ample. And, and from my own story, I saw what it did to my daughters. Now, very quickly, before I start taking callers, and again, tonight, I want to talk to people whose parents are divorced or have divorced, even if they remarried, or, or people who had a parent who cheated who had an affair, either a mom or a dad. And it doesn't matter at what point in your life it occurred. If you were a small child, if you were a teenager, even if you were an adult when it happened. And here's the question I'm going to be asking you when I, when I put you on the phone with me in just a minute, I'll ask you this question. First of all, can you tell a little bit about what happened? And obviously because of time, we can't hear the entire long story. I, I wish we could, but we won't be able to do that because we have a few callers out there waiting and I want to get to as many as possible. So we'll ask you to succinctly tell what happened, and then we're going to ask how it affected you, and then I'm going to ask, what would you say to parents, to one who is either contemplating a divorce, uh, um, an affair, or having an affair, what would you say to him or her, or one who wants out of a marriage who's wanting a divorce, or is divorcing, or has divorced, what would you say to them? And I'll be asking you, the callers, to answer that question for me, if you will. I realize that, well, let's just wait and see what you have to say. Now, one thing before we go to the calls, and that would be this. If you're thinking, okay, Joe, uh, I feel badly about it, but I did have an affair, or my husband did, or my wife did, but, but we did put our marriage back together, and you made it sound like that, that these kids are going to have all these terrible things because you said it happened to your daughter. She had that, that preoccupation, preoccupation because of the fact that you were gone. She was humiliated by what you did. So, I mean, I mean, you're making it sound like there's no way we can make it better. Is there? And the answer is yes, there is. And best way I've already said, so let me repeat it now. And that's, that's the fact that you should put your marriage back together. You should make your home strong again and if there are problems there that need to be resolved, please let us help. If you go to Marriage Helper, that's like marriagehelper.com, marriagehelper, marriagehelper, 
marriagehelper.com, you'll find all kinds of articles and podcasts and eBooks that are free to help you with all kinds of marriage problems from having a controlling spouse, having an affair or other things like that. You can also look on blog talk radio for marriage radio or in iTunes where you can subscribe free to marriage radio. And you'll see that we've talked a lot about it on here and and I'll give you a telephone number. If you, if you are in a situation where you really need some help, we have a, an intensive three-day program. That's a turnaround weekend for marriages that are in big trouble. And we have a tremendous amount of success with that. And we'd love to have you come to that. You can find out about it on our website, or you can call this number, 615-472-1161. That's 615-472-1161. And we'll tell you about that. Oh, and one more thing. One more thing, and we'll go to the calls in just a moment after I tell you another thing you can do. And that other thing is, if, if your spouse is not ready to do it, but you are, if you go back to Marriage Helper, marriagehelper.com slash save my marriage, all one long word, save my marriage, you can find out about a 10-week online course we offer for you if your spouse at this point is not willing to try to save the marriage, where we show you the things you can do to hopefully, hopefully, hopefully put it back together and make it good again. So, if you need help, get it. If you are, have already done that, or if you're not ready to do that, in addition to trying to put your marriage back together, you need to be honest with your kids. And when I say honest, I don't mean justifying what you did that's wrong. If I were to have sat down with my children when I came back to Alice and said, well, yes, I know you know about my affair because so many people told you about it. But I need to tell you now that your mom, you know, if she'd have been a better woman, I would have never done this. And, and, and the way other people treated me and this situation happened and that. And in other words, by the time I finish it up, I've either A, thrown mom under the bus or B, given so many excuses that it sounds like it's not my fault. Then you know how kids are going to read that. They're going to look at you and go, you're still lying. Tell us the truth. And I think the truth has to be, pretty blunt, without giving details that you don't need to give that are just destructive. But it can be as blunt as, I know that you heard what I've done. What I did, I did it. I was wrong. I have no excuse for it. I'm so very sorry. I asked your mom to forgive me. I'm asking you to forgive me. Of course, with a woman, I've asked your dad to forgive me. I'm asking you to forgive me. And I'm committing to you that we're going to work this thing out. As a matter of fact, I even said to my daughters, because I was a kind of a public figure back when I did my stuff back in the 1980s. And therefore a lot of gossip went a lot of directions by a lot of people. I said, there'll be people coming up to you that'll want to tell you what I did. Let me tell you right now, you don't have to hear that from anybody else. If ever, if ever you want to know what I did, you can ask me and I will tell you the truth. I will ask you, are you sure you want to know that? Because once I tell you, I can't untell you. And you'll need to be able to know whether you really want to know that or not. And if I think you're young enough that you're not really sure, then I'll say, okay, I'll answer it, but not today. Let's just wait a little while. But, but age appropriate, I'll answer. I'll answer honestly and truthfully. So you don't have to have any information from anybody else. And if anybody tries to say to you, you know what your dad did? You look at him and say, if I do want to know, he'll tell me. He'll be honest about it. I think you owe your children that kind of honesty. And again, do not throw your spouse under the bus. And if 
if you're indeed trying to put the marriage back together, then you give a lot of assurance, which is what I tried my best to do with Joanna when I came back when she was nine. I didn't do it to begin with. I didn't want to admit how much pain she had from what I had done. We'd gotten back together and I could see the joy in her eyes of that. And I didn't want to talk about the bad stuff. I just wanted to pretend it didn't occur, but she kept crying so many times, every time I left until finally I had to ask. And when she finally said that, are you sure you're coming back? Then I reassured her, honey, if I leave happy, I'm coming back. If I leave sad, I'm coming back. If I leave mad, I'm coming back. I'm coming back no matter what. I am committed to your mother. I'm committed to you and your sister. I will be here for you. And the only thing that can keep me from coming back is if something were to happen and I would be dead. And if that happens, based on what we believe, I'll be waiting for you in heaven. And you can know I'll be praying for you every day up there and wanting to know everything about your life. You just need to know I'll be here. Now, by the way, how many times you have to tell a little girl that after you've been gone for three years? Oh, I saw her every other weekend. But how many times do you think she needed to hear that? Many, 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 many times. As a matter of fact, her mother did too. But right now we're talking about children. And if you say, well, shouldn't she at some point just get over it? Look, in this world, your children did not ask to be born. Therefore, they don't owe you. You owe them. We brought them into this world. And one of our jobs, one of our jobs as parents, now think about this. One of our jobs as parents is to prepare our children to be able to go out and function in the world in a good manner. We can't make it where they'll have a perfect life. Nobody does. And I can't possibly protect them from all the terrible things that can come out there. But what I can do for my children, and after I got past my idiocy, I did do, and I surely hope and pray that you do, is that you let them know that no matter what happens, you have security with the people that love you. I will be here with you. I will be here for you. I'll be here for you physically. When you need somebody to hug, somebody to touch you, somebody to hold you as your father, I will be here. I'll be here for you intellectually. When you need to talk, when you need to ask questions, when you need to think things through, I'll be glad to share my ideas with you. I'll be glad to listen to yours. Sometimes we'll debate each other as you get older, but I'll be here to help you think and to learn. You won't always think I'm right. As a matter of fact, sometimes you'll think I'm wrong. Interestingly, the older you get, the smarter I will. But I'll be glad to be here for you intellectually. I'll be here for you emotionally as well. What I mean by that is you can tell me your hurts. You can tell me your fears. I'll listen to them. You can tell me when you're frustrated or angry or upset with me or hurt by me. I will listen. I will not justify myself. I'll be here for you to hear everything you feel. And I'll assure you right back. Yes, I'll take responsibility for my behaviors. I'm not going to be a hypocrite anymore. And I love you. And I'll make that emotion clear in all kinds of ways in the things I do, the things I say. The way I treat other people, particularly the way I treat their mother, and I'll be there for them spiritually. What I mean is that the beliefs and values I taught them when they were young will be the beliefs and values that I live by. And the only thing that would change that is if the beliefs and values I had when they were young and therefore that I taught them have changed, meaning that I've learned better. 
because as I get older, sometimes I realize some of the things I once thought, I think differently now. But if I learn better, if my beliefs and values become stronger, more moral, more upstanding, making better person out of me, then I'll share those new beliefs and values. And with my children, I expect them to question that as well as they grow up. Like, why do you believe this is right? Why do you think that? <laughs> and they have the right to challenge those things. And they also have the right to challenge us by saying, so why don't you live it, Dad, if you believe it is true? If you really believe it, you live it. Now, by doing that, it's the pies, for those of you who are familiar with when I talk about pies, physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, being there for your children. And by the way, you cannot be there physically the way you need to be every other weekend. Oh, and we hear so many stories. As a matter of fact, the research proves it to be true. We know many stories where people say once the spouse got involved with somebody else, he became more interested in those other children and basically abandoned his own. The research indicates that at least one out of four, that's the minimum, at least one out of four fathers within two years of the time of leaving his family has little to nothing to do with his children. So most people aren't even there every other weekend, at least I was. But even every other weekend, you can't be there physically enough for your children. They want to know that you're there. There. You heard the story about the kid that comes home from school, goes running through the house yelling, Mom, Mom, Mom. And the story goes long, so I'm abbreviating it, until finally she steps out of the shower with the towel wrapped around her and said, What? Just wanted to know you were here. That story says a lot. The kids need to know that you're there physically, and that can't happen just every other weekend. And it certainly doesn't happen if you've moved into another state. If you've moved across town and have little time with your kids, intellectually, it doesn't happen just every other weekend. Emotionally, certainly not just every other weekend. Spiritually, not that either. You understand that we owe our children. And if you want to heal the pain that you have caused by your infidelity or by the fact that you abandoned, you left, you separated, you divorced. I say again, the first thing you need to do is put that marriage back together. You say, you're wrong. You don't do this for the sake of your children. Really? You know what that says? My happiness is more important than my children's future. That's what that says. If you're going to say that, at least quit kidding yourself by saying they're resilient and won't affect them. Accept the fact that the research is rampant. It is going to affect them. Can they have a good life in any way? Yes, they can. But they're going to be hurt by what you do. And for you to say they're resilient and it doesn't matter, oh, come on, quit lying to yourself. For you to say that, that they'll be okay and it doesn't matter, quit lying to you. If you truly love them, be there for them. Save the marriage. Work it out. Put it together. Make the home good again. And if you're saying, well, my happiness is just what takes precedence, then at least admit that's what it is. It's all about you and your temporary happiness that you think you're going to have right now. And it's not about responsibility to do what's right. It's not re about the responsibility to the children you brought onto this planet. The ones that need you to raise them up so when finally they do leave home, they're prepared to face a world that is not fair but they can do it knowing that our own beliefs and values are strong. Believing that they can marry a person that can be faithful to them, knowing that you'll be there for them to love them, knowing that there are people who even when they occasionally will 
at least temporarily, if not longer, sacrifice their own happiness to do what's right. That's the kind of kids you want to raise and put out into this world. We have way too many of the others. And you want to make more? Listen, this world's in trouble. And if we're going to change it, we've got to change it by helping the kids. And if we're going to help the kids, it's got to be that we become people who live this strong, righteous, moral life of doing the right thing and being there for our children and keeping our word. Okay. I don't know if any uh, person is still with me or not out there that would be the person having the affair, contemplating affair, or wanting a divorce. By now, they may have to all turn me on saying, well, I don't want to hear what you've got to say. And, of course, they certainly can do that. That is their right. But somebody's got to advocate for the children, don't you think? So, my children, I'm there for. And I've done everything I can to heal them and Do they love me? Yes. Do they know I'm here for them no matter what, even in spite of what I did those years ago? Yes. Are they healed? I think probably they still got some scar tissue. I can't undo that. But everything that matters has been, well, they've been healed enough that we have great relationships. Oh, and by the way, I'm sure that none of their spouses is perfect. (laughs) But I think the odds of my daughter staying married for a lifetime are pretty doggone high because of the fact that they've seen it go bad. They know the pain. They know the hurt. But they also seen it go right. And other people can do that when they have the right integrity. Okay, again, we're going to go to our callers now. Uh, we're going to first go to area code 210. Hello, 210. You're on the Joe Beam Show. Are you there? Hello. Hello, are you there? Okay. Apparently that caller had the phone on, but was not listening to it. So we got to go to area code 360. Hello, 360. You're on the Dr. Joe Show. Hi, Joe. Hey, how are you tonight? I'm doing pretty good. Okay. And do you have a story for us about uh, your parents divorcing or one of them having an affair? Sadly, yes, I do. Uh, my mom and dad were divorced when I was three years old, and I guess the short version is that I grew up wondering what was wrong with me. Okay, I'm having a little trouble understanding you. Uh, a little static there. And Could you say that one okay. more time, please? Mm-hmm. I, I grew up wondering what was wrong with me. Oh, I'm so sorry. And how did that affect you over time? Um, because I'm an extrovert, I think I just kind of decided, regardless of the hurt that I have, I would try to cheer other people up. Good. And that's what I do even now um, Mm -hmm. that my husband has had an affair. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I hear some kind of... ironic. The ironic part is that his his mom abandoned him for an affair when he was three years old, too. And because mm-hmm. he's an extrovert, of course, he took a different lead and um, is following his father's footsteps, I guess you might say. Okay. I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm having such trouble hearing you there with all the static. Let me see if I got it right. And, and also, is there something in the background? I hear a knocking back there, uh, some kind of a... Like a beating or something. 
Bowie. Whoa, are you still there? Okay, is that better? That's a whole lot better. Okay, that's a whole lot better. Okay. So what then, what message would you have to parents? Do whatever it takes to work it out together because your kids need you. Okay, now I want you to repeat now that we hear you much better. You grew up wondering what's wrong with me, right? Right. Okay, And, and your husband... It was also affected by his parents' affair when he was three. In your marriage, he wound up being unfaithful to you. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And how do you have children? Four adult children. Were they adults when this affair took place? Um, yes. And how did it affect them, even as adults? Not all of them, no. Um, uh-huh. My oldest son is probably the first one to have found out because he worked with his dad, and mm-hmm. he told his older sister, oldest sister, and she's a type of mediator and has just been trying to console him, basically, because she doesn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And my youngest son and my middle daughter don't know. Okay, but the oldest two do. And emotionally, it's affecting them how? Um... Well, I've had to calm my my daughter down because, well, she's angry. Yeah, I can understand. She's angry. I sure can. Wow. She, of course, still loves her dad, and mm-hmm. my son that knows is, is angry also, and he still loves him and works with mm-hmm. him, mm-hmm. Um, but he doesn't want to have his six-year-old son with his dad. That's sad. I am so um, sorry for the pain. I am so, so sorry for the pain for you. I'm sorry for the pain for your children. And so I'm going to ask you one more time, now that we have the better connection, to any parent out there, can you again say what it is that you would like to pass on to them from your own experience and the experience of your own children? What would you say to parents? Do whatever it takes to, to work your relationship. Listening to your podcast and your webinars for the for the last two years because of what I'm going through. And as soon as I can afford it and talk my husband into it, we'll be doing the 911 program because well, it, it, is a, it seems like it would be an amazing program from everything well, I've, I've seen. It, it is. Heard. It really is. That three-day program is absolutely amazing. Now, whenever you can talk him into it, you let us know whether you think you have the money or not. We'll work with it the best we can, okay? But uh, the obvious thing would be for him to come. It is an amazing weekend. Uh, I, I hope I don't sound arrogant when I say that. It just is. No, not and, at all. And good things happen there. I'm going to go to some of these other callers to get their stories. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing with us tonight, okay? Sure. Thank you for your time. Have a good day. Bye. Okay. Thank you. Okay. And then we're going to go to area code 732. Hello, 732. Are you there? Hey, Joe. Hi. So were your parents divorced, or did one of, have, one of them have an affair? Well, my dad had an affair and a child with another woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but they managed, by the grace of God, they managed to stay together and actually have a very healthy relationship afterwards. Um, okay. You mean with, with your mother or with the other woman? Uh, no, I mean, my parents stayed, ended up staying together. And um, 
Okay, good. And so they worked it out they, and had a good marriage. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, they they ended up working it out good. by the grace of God. And um, But it happened when I was, um, I think the worst of it came about when I was about 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. And um, at that point, there was a lot of rumors that I had a half-brother somewhere. <laughs> and... You know, like stuff like that when you're growing up, you kind of like at that age, you're trying to figure out who you are, mm-hmm. you know, individually and, you know, mm-hmm. within the home, outside the home. And mm-hmm. um, I think at the worst of it, my my takeaway from it really was who can I really trust? You know, like like growing mm-hmm. up, I could never, I could never get comfortable trusting anyone. Mm-hmm. Um even later on, you know, later on in life, like the college, mm-hmm. it always so happens, right? And I would literally keep, keep like a very wide circle of friends, but I would always keep them up day. Like I would never really say a lot of stuff about myself or what I really truly think or feel. I would just kind of like be mm-hmm. lost in the crowd almost. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I've never felt comfortable within myself. So, um, when I watched my parents try to reconcile their marriage, you know, as they were going through the process of um, mm-hmm. readjusting towards each other, you know, relearning how to kind of connect and reconnect and stuff like that. I had so much distrust in the whole process because I was like, okay, so when is the shoe going to drop again? You know, like right. you go, you leave. <laughs> I think like what you right. were describing before, I never could right. really trust the process. So fast forward to now, I, you know, I was married for 13 years and he has an affair and um, basically left me with my kids and everything. And we are now divorced and the other, you know, he's, he pretty much introduced our kids to the girlfriend mm-hmm. even before the divorce was finalized. Yeah. But my takeaway is, Another thing I've learned from my mom is that the power of faith, you know, you can't right. really discount what you don't see. You know, right. I didn't see what, what, what exactly they were doing to fix the marriage, but mm-hmm. for, you know, another child from a different, you know, from a, a you know, right. a, a child outside the marriage and stuff, and they still managed to put it together. I'm hoping, you know, um, same miracle would happen for me, but. I do too. I hope the ha- same thing for you. <laughs> When when it happened to me, instead of me going like, oh, my God, this is so hard and everything, I kind of drew from the experience of watching my parents mm-hmm. put it all back together. You know, like, like, you know, like, like, okay, this is what my mom did. He went, she went down on her knees. She prayed. Mm-hmm. She, mm-hmm. you know, she, she kept her mouth. Like, literally, we didn't really know. Me and my brother didn't really know a lot of the details, you know, uh-huh. like, like it was it was my father who later on, like when I went through my own experience with my husband, um, that's when he sat me down and talked to me about it. You know, like like this is what I think you should do. You know, because gotcha. this is what your mom did. Um, okay. But my takeaway from it is that there's hope. You know, okay, it doesn't good. matter. You know, like like were the formative years difficult? Yes. Were the growing up years difficult? Yes. But now that I'm a little older, <laughs> I mm-hmm. realize that um, this is the same thing I could teach to my kids. You know, 
we right. may be in shambles now, but we won't be in shambles forever. You know, like we I'm don't, glad we don't that, know. That you love, mm-hmm. I'm glad that you love your children <laughs> like that. So I hear two stories yeah. here. I hear two stories. One is the effect it had on you that, mm-hmm. that you know, the affair occurred. You didn't trust people. You didn't trust even the reconciliation process. And, no. but, but that yeah. the second part of that story is, okay, now that it's happening to you and you're dead, at, at least at this time, now, you know, I would think that it would have been better if he'd have done it back down, but hey, the past is the past. At least now, when you're going through this, your dad comes and sits down and, and is honest and open with you. And so you get hope because of the fact that they did put it back together. Even in an extreme circumstance of there being another child, they put it back together and had a great marriage. And so everybody out there listening, do you hear the two points of this story? The great pain it causes the kids, but that when you decide to do the right thing and you put it back together, you actually can have a good effect on the kids. Now, there's still going to be pain. This lady just explained that. But that you can do so much good for them. That's a, that's a great two-part story. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Yeah. I appreciate that. You're and welcome. I, I hope to see you in a workshop someday, okay? I hope so, too, Joe. I'm working on it. <laughs> okay. All right. I hope to see you there. Right. God be with you, okay? You have a good evening. Okay. And we're going to go to another call. And these are good. These, these are excellent. Telling us real people. These are not plants. I'm, I, I don't even know who these folks are by name. I may have talked to them before on the program. I may have talked to them on Facebook or other places. But, and so I'm not trying to be offensive by saying I don't know who they are. I may have actually had a lot of interaction with them. But from where they're calling right now, I don't know who they are. And I wanted that to be on purpose so that you wouldn't think these are plants. You are hearing real people with real stories. And so let's go to area code 714. Hello, 714. You're on the Dr. Joe Show. Hey, Joe. It's Jolene. Hi, Jolene. I haven't talked to you in a Hi. while. I do, I do know this I'm, one. Okay, yes, Jolene. Yes, <laughs> so, Hi. Tell me, How are you? I'm yes. fine. So did your parents, uh, one of them have an affair or, or they divorced when you were young? Um. Yes, my parents did not have an affair. However, um, they did um, divorce. When mm-hmm. I was about 10 years old, um, mm-hmm. my parents split up, and they split up for, it was a very short period of time, but to me it was forever. Mm-hmm. Um, it was about, honestly, it was only about three weeks. And, oh. um, there, no, there's more, much more to this, but I'll, I'll get to that. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and so it was only about three weeks. Um, and I was staying with my dad, um, or visiting my dad at my aunt's house because that's where he was staying. And um, when I remember when um, he pulled me aside while we were at my aunt's house having dinner, and he said he had some really good news to tell me. And he said to me um, that your mom said I can come home. Mm-hmm. And at 10 years old, I'm 40, almost 49 now. At 10 years old, that was the most amazing news I've ever heard mm-hmm. in my life. That was actually the happiest day of my entire life. Wow. Um, and, then, um, and then, unfortunately, when I was 12, um, my, um, my, my mom sat me down and said that my dad wasn't coming home. Just, no, no, um, you know, don't want to mm-hmm. put fault on, on anybody, but it was my mom's decision. Um, mm-hmm. There was no affair. But just being a child of divorce, um, I swore after that, I swore to myself after that, that I would never, ever, ever do that to my children because it was horrible to me. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, having, my dad was um, always available to me whenever I wanted him. I saw him basically, you know, your typical every other weekend. Um, 
some some days I got lucky and he would drive drive me to school. We would lived about an hour apart, but he would drive you know come out early in the morning and drive me to mm-hmm. school. And I know it was a super horrendous um, effort on my dad's part because he still had to work as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it was terrible. And then as I grew up um, and you know had a family of my own, having to choose on holidays who to spend the holiday with. You know, yeah. do I have a um, holiday at my house and then I, you know, miss out on having one of my parents with us? Um, mm-hmm. Do I go to my mom's house? Do I go to my dad's house? Um, and then, uh, unfortunately, my mother did remarry um, and she's since divorced that man. And oh. to be honest with you, as a young adult, young, you know, I was, I think, mm-hmm. 18 when they got married, I'm not going to lie, I hated him because mm-hmm. I did not, I did not, appreciate the place that he was um, in my life and um, they divorced um, and then my mom became single again and during the entire time that my mom was single I suffered because of that me and my sister suffered because of that because Mm -hmm. we um, had a mom who had to work full-time and mm-hmm. at the same time, she was trying to fulfill something in her life that she didn't have, which was, you know, the mm-hmm. companionship of a man. And my sister and I played second fiddle to that. Um, wow. And I'm not trying to bash my mom, but that's the reality of that right. life. And that's and what we're talking that about, will, reality. Mm-hmm. Yes. Good. Yes. And I, I will say at that time, although I was following Christ, my mom was not. She... Mm-hmm. Um, was more of the world because she was more looking to fulfill herself than mm-hmm. uh, putting her kids first. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, and again, I'm not going to um, hold that against her because that's who she was at the time and, and what she was going through. Right. Um, and now, like I said, as an adult, and I'm, um, although I will tell you, um, I'm still married, but as you know, we're going through the divorce process yeah. because of my husband's affair. I'm so sorry. Um, I know. Thank you so much. Um, I will tell you that um, I I am so 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 very. I feel so guilty for my for my mistakes as a wife because of the things that my children have gone through, um, and um, I don't know if this is okay with you, but I do have my son who is 13 years old, and I, and he would actually like to kind of say um, what it's like to be a child going through a divorce, if that's okay with you. Certainly is, absolutely. Okay, and um, his, his name is James, and he is right here. So Jimmy, uh, I call him Jimmy, sorry. He is um, right here. Uh, Jimmy, you know, you know Joe because I've talked to you about him many, many times. Why don't you go ahead and say hello? Hi, Joe. Hi, James. I'm anxious to hear what you have to say, young man. Um, well, first of all, i got to say sorry. I'm kind of anxious about this. Because, mm-hmm. um, it's my first time doing this. But um, mm-hmm. the divorce, it really hurt me. It makes me really sad. Mm-hmm. I still do have a little hope that there is a chance that they will, my dad will reconcile mm-hmm. with my mom, but... There's a big part that says that's not going to happen, and he, my dad, has become so full of the world, mm-hmm. and I, that just puts a lot of doubt in me. He says 
he says it's over, it's not going to happen again. Um, I've had other people tell me that too when I've gone to counseling and they said the same thing that it's not going to happen and that really makes me sad. Yeah, it does. James, you are a very brave young man. So how does this affect you emotionally, young man? Um, Well, it kind of, I guess, it makes me really, really angry about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, probably makes, it kind of makes me sometimes, I, I do feel bad for saying this, but it makes me sometimes feel like to, I don't really even know why, but to basically like do what, he did because it makes me so angry and I should just like make a point or something. I know it's extremely stupid, but mm. um, I'm, I don't want to do what he did right. because I don't, I don't want to treat my wife like that and my kids like that. I want to raise them up. Basically I want to raise them up in a strong Christian family and having the um, American dream. Wow. Wow. You, you are amazing young man. I am so, so sorry for your pain. And uh, I've interacted with your mother on Facebook and other places. My heart is with you. My heart is with her. I pray for you. And I surely hope it works out well. But let me tell you, if you stay, and it's going to be hard sometimes, James, but if you can stay as strong as you are now, life is going to be okay, my friend. And Thank thank you. Thank you for your courage of coming on here and saying that. Yeah. Well, thank you, Joe, so much. Um, I knew this was really heavy on my son's heart, mm-hmm. as it has been um, since he was not, five years since yeah. this whole ordeal started. Yeah, five years since this whole ordeal started, and he was the one that caught his dad, not yeah. not me. <laughs> it was me. Yeah. So, um, so anyhow, I just I just have to say, you know, to to all the the moms and dads out there that um, are in this predicament and they're on the other side of the fence that I'm on. Um, Mm -hmm. Like you said, Joe, we did not, these kids did not ask to come into this world. We brought them into this world because of our own desires, whether it be because, um, you know, it was a, it doesn't matter if it's a one night stand or if it's because a husband and wife love each other so much they wanted to have a baby. We mm-hmm. brought them in because of our own desires, right. and these children do not deserve it. And I am living proof as to being one of those kids who absolutely hated her growing up because I have, even at 48 years old, I still have to choose whose house do I go to on Thanksgiving, and I hate it. I don't blame you, my friend. Jolene, this, well, you and James have, totally kept this program off in the way it should be done. I hope, I hope that men and women, moms and dads, even if they don't listen to anything I said at the beginning of this program, I really truly hope they hear you and James because the message here is so powerful. And if you, uh, since we're, you know, we are connected on Facebook. If you'll yes. private message me your address, I want to send James all of my books. Okay. If, if you'll let me do that, if you'll oh. allow me that pleasure, I want to, I want to autograph and to him and send him every book I've ever written because that, that young man you. just touched my heart deeply. Oh, well, okay? yes, he would love that. He would love that. He knows how much you and the whole entire uh, marriage helper group mm-hmm. means to me. 
So she listens to you guys all the time. <laughs> well, thank you okay, so well, much. Okay, your private you message, Joe. you better address now. I'm going to send it to you, okay? Okay, you guys have a good evening. Thank yes. you, James. Thank okay. you, Jolene. Thank wow. you. Wow. Man. I hear, I'm, I'm trying not to uh, be overcome with emotion here. I don't know anything else to say. That's powerful. Next week, our guest, Tina, one of the most favorite guests we have that people love to talk to. Tina talking about how to stay positive when things don't go well. That's next Tuesday night. For now, God be with you.